Hey there, welcome to season one of Liminal Spaces podcast. My name is Debbie. Here we talk about the impact of liminal spaces in our lives, why they matter, and how we can navigate and thrive when we bump up against them. Today, I am joined by Ava Monier to talk about why rest, celebration, and slow living are necessary disciplines for thriving in liminal space. Ava lives in Switzerland with her family, but originally comes from Dominican Republic. She is an entrepreneur and co-founder of Avoda Living, a slow living, experiential, and artistic design company. Ava is passionate about beauty, hope, creativity, and the arts. She is trilingual and currently a student of expressive arts therapy at the European Graduate School. In this conversation, Ava shares her wisdom, insight, and perspective on why and how nurturing rhythms of rest and celebration empowers us to thrive in liminal space seasons. Welcome to the show, Ava. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm really excited to be part of this. Meeting you really changed my perspective on food, and I I have a better appreciation for it. Thank you. That that really means the world to me, and you know that's basically the reason why we do what we do. You know, we mm. we decide everything to be a love expression. Ava is passionate about beauty, hope creativity, social justice, and arts. And sometimes when I, when I think about people's bios, I really think to myself, is this true? When I think about these words that describe you, I really feel like you embodied that. Like they're not just nice words to describe you. I, you, you create beautiful things and you're, you're full of energy and life. And if you met Ava this week, you will find her brightening up people's lives and homes by creating stunning flower bouquets and wreaths. I saw a few of your posts on Instagram this week and I was like, wow, this is inspiring to see how you're taking small steps, not just to keep your company and your business going, but also to brighten people's lives. At the beginning, I was debating, should I do this or not? And so I I posted those scenes with like, uh, I don't even know if people are going to, you know, if people actually going to, to order. And um, so yesterday I was on, like, my mind was blown away by the response and people mm. that I, I have never met ordering for other people that I've ever met either. And just... You know, in a way, it was it was a brain of hope for for myself and also for the people that have been uh, growing the flowers and the people mm. that are going to to bring the flowers to me. So it was really it was really encouraging. Your eyes will like pop it out. I I love the fact that when you talk about your work, that it really lightens you up. I think that that's something I would love to see more and more in the world. Before we dive in. I would like you to share a little bit more about your background and how you got here. I come from Dominican Republic. I am the the oldest of five siblings, although 
I'm also kind of a middle child because my <laughs> my uh, father had another family. Um, I almost, I think I grew up with a lot of change. You know, we used to move a lot. Mm. So, um, you know, I think I, I live pre- pretty much in all the, the country. And uh, because of that, I, you know, in one way, I love change. I'm enamored <laughs> with change. <laughs> But at the same time, you know, I have a hard time, you know, growing roots in one place. Yeah, I think I I fell in love with the arts from a very young age. Mm-hmm. And my dad had a lot to do with that. You know, he used to sing Carlos Gardel's song uh, and bring me books and art encyclopedias and all that. Um, so I I started also school very very young um mm-hmm. I went to university when I was 15 I wanted to follow a creative career but you know our uh our finances didn't allow for that so I started law school because that was what my what my dad introduced me to <laughs> in a way but I quickly realized that you know that was not meant for me it was not what gave me life 2008, I decided to quit law school um, and to go to Canada to follow uh, the arts and music, um, the arts and music discipleship school. Uh, so that that time between when I quit law school and when I went to Canada, that was you know fitting the the title of the podcast. You know that was one of my liminal spaces. It wow. was a time really hard. Um, when I was doubting a lot about myself and and felt very lonely, but at the same time, it was a time that I grew up a lot in who I was, um, aware of what my gifts were and how to use them. I actually spent six years in Canada, um, you know, working for a nonprofit and. Uh, teaching and coaching young artists in a life, you know, as they pursue a life of arts and faith. Mm. And that's where I met Simone. So, Mm. um, yeah, that's how I got here, you know. (laughs) Simone brought me here. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, we we moved here. And in 2015, we got married. What is inspiring you these days? You know, it's it's been a really good time even a mix of the challenges. I think, I mean, in some ways it hasn't changed a lot my routine because I spend I spend most of the time with my son at home. And I think what has been most inspiring to me is the fact of taking more time, being even more in- intentional about how I spend my time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when we, especially in this situation that we are, um, that we don't have much social contact we are luck at home I think it's really easy to just fill our time you know with whatever um and just to pass the time and just to make it more bearable but for me it has been a really good moment to be even more intentional you know I have been creating a lot and being creative in a way that gives me more freedom even in the in the stuck place you know yeah. <laughs> um, 
Mm-hmm. And creating with even less materials or less things available. So I think I think it has been definitely that, uh, being more intentional with how I spend my time. When was the first time you came in contact with slow living and what made you fall in love with it enough to incorporate it into your life? Mm-hmm. I think before even I knew about slow living or, you know, the term slow living, um, it was... I came more into knowing the the tradition around the Sabbath and what it means to to really rest, take a time, a day of rest. That was my first encounter with a different perspective on time. Um, so I think it, that was about seven years ago, more or less. And I was questioning a lot how, you know, everyone and even myself, you know, trying to, to do, do, do. Mm. And, you know, there's, there was a lot of stress going on in my life and the almost obsession with achievement. And I'm an achiever, you know. Mm. Um, I always have a thousand things going on and a thousand ideas in my head. So, yeah, I was a lot of questioning to um, the status quo of the society, you know, how we're all um, almost drawn to doing all the time, doing, 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 and seeing a lot of people uh, experience burnout. So it started as that and then, you know, being intentional uh, and having that balance between work and rest, that it kind of changed my my perspective on time. And everything got even more profound when I started my study in expressive art therapy in 2017. Hmm. And to illustrate this, I I'm gonna tell you sorry. I one of my first exercises when I started my masters, uh, we had to make a mask of with two faces. So one of something that we like it about ourselves, and one that we didn't like. Hmm. And that exercise really changed a lot in my life. And basically. The side that I liked was spending time with people. I love that about myself. And on the other hand, I really hated that I was always stressed about time. One of the, my least favorite things is to be late or people being late. <laughs> so, and you know, I, I don't like to wait. So as I was, you know, reflecting more on that exercise afterwards, Mm. the common denominator is time you know there's like two different visions of time mm. and and that has started like a whole transformation for my life you know that little exercise was like oh what I need is a different perspective on time not seeing it as something you know the clock that is controlling my life But seeing seeing it as the lift moments, how we can make those lift moments to almost last forever, you know, a a sense of almost eternity. And so with that, um, we started being more serious about taking a day of rest as a family. And it was really, it was really life changing taking Mm -hmm. that day and being intentional about it, you know, setting the space. I will clean the house and make it there. And that's how my passion for flowers started, actually. You know, it was a practice of rest. Oh, wow. Uh, and, you know, making a delicious meal and enjoying it 
Mm. Uh, and uh, I think that was in, in the same moment that I was getting to know more about food and being more local and I got in contact with slow living. It made sense to be more intentional with our time, taking slow, uh, really being present in everything that you do. It was a more sustainable lifestyle. I love the thought that slow living is beyond something you do, that it becomes part of who you are. If I want to learn about Sabbath, rest, and slowing down, that it really has to become a lifestyle. What was your introduction to liminality and liminal space? <laughs> you know, um, as a side note on that, yeah. Um, I, when when you told me about your podcast and the name of it, I was like, oh, wow, that's the first time that I that I hear someone outside my field of studies to mention liminality. <laughs> and so that's one of the reasons why I got really excited to be a part of it. So yeah, I came to, um, to know about liminality or liminal spaces or liminal times through my studies. You know, we uh, basically, this theory or this concept of liminality it started with ritual studies you know from going to one state to the other one and the space in between the no man's land mm. um, that's that was that's liminality you know that's the the space in between when you're not you already left one place but you haven't arrived to the other one. So there is a lot of uncertainty and chaos in that threshold. But at the same time, in the midst of the chaos, as the old has been given up, but the new is still coming into being, um, there is a, a potential creativity. Mm. And so that creativity, there is like new ideas that can come, new perspectives that can uh, develop. And even in our work as, as art therapies, we, we assimilate the, the creative process as that liminal space, you know. So in a session, we, we use that um, idea of liminal space and how to create um, how to create a frame where people feel, you know, a little bit uncomfortable out of their comfort zone mm -hmm. and they don't necessarily have many resources. And then through the art making process, you realize that there is freedom, you know, mm -hmm. you discover new resources that you hadn't in you, but you were not aware of. And so in, in, in that creative process, as you grow and as you discover more about yourself, as you discover more of the resources that you have, then you can face life in a different way. You know, mm -hmm. and so this idea of liminality, I love it. And I feel that it is so relevant right now because we are stuck. There's a lot of uncertainty and chaos going on. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I see a lot of people worrying about their lives and about their businesses and so much that we don't know. So we left a place and we don't know when this is going to end. <laughs> but in then in this space, there is so much potential. Like I see it as, as an opportunity to not only... Um, ponder in in who we are and what we have in our hands yeah. or in our heads you know 
um, but also to, you know, question our our lifestyle and, and even change it. And I know there's a lot of good coming out of it. And, you know, people, we might not see it right now as we are, you know, in the legal space. Yeah. But I think like if we are present with it and if we take the time to explore and discover the resources that we have and, and to use and cultivate that creativity, then oh, it's going to be so good afterwards, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, something that also came to my mind is, you know, liminal spaces are not permanent. They're just a season. And I, I was reading a book by this artist. Um, he's from uh, UK, uh, Char- Charlie Mackenzie, I believe his name is. Okay. It's a beautiful book. And there is a drawing and uh, there is this phrase, you know, like, what is it? I don't, I don't remember exactly how it is worded, but basically it says that what is your favorite thing uh, that you have learned? And, and then it says that a storm is going to end, you know? Hmm. So a liminal space is only a season. It's not permanent. Yes. And it's not supposed to be permanent, you know? And one of the beauty of this, uh, whether that be in the anthropology theory or whether that be in what we are experiencing right now, yeah. is that all the people experiencing the same liminal space, there is a, a feeling of solidarity and, and comradeship uh, that is created. Yeah. And that's what my favorite thing is. And I'm seeing it right now. You know, I, I'm seeing it in my hometown where Facebook groups are being created and people are brave enough to ask for help and people are helping, you know. Uh, that is so good. I love the fact that you highlighted the lifespan of liminal spaces that it is not permanent, that whatever season we're in right now that is characterized by change and uncertainty, that it will come to an end, that by nature it's not meant to last forever. I love that reminder because sometimes I forget that. And when we forget that, then we lose perspective. I, I heard something really insightful in this season that we're in as humanity. Maybe a way to think about it is to go, what what kind of life do I want to live at the end of this season? And once you envision that, then start preparing for that life today. What if I imagined what I want my life to look like by in, in the summer of 2020? And then say, okay, I will make choices that would help me get there because it's not going to magically pop up. That is such a resonant thought. So what would be some of your thoughts around liminality or liminal spaces in terms of how to incorporate that into our lives and work? Do you see how it's relevant in your life, even kind of after the season? As I was saying before, we assimilate liminality into, into the creative process. So I have been using that, that way of seeing it in, you know, in my work and especially in my, in my creative workshops where you create, um, you create a space that, you know, is not real life. It can be a, a place where you um, 
question yourself and you you have time to to reflect and how to use those things that you have learned or that you have discovered during that time how to apply it into your life hmm. so for just to give you an example um again this is more about using creativity into that space um so when i have my workshops whether that be just a floral workshop or whether that be more of an art therapy session uh, i always have a restricted frame at the beginning you know i i might say oh you only choose two colors for your flowers or you only um use two colors for for your drawing you know like like that very square restricted frame and people are like, they're saying like, what am I going to do only with two colors, you know, when there is like so much potential for more. Um, but then they learn how to create something beautiful just with two colors. And then I'll give more freedom and say like, okay, now you might take more. Uh, or now you can, you know, do something else that spend that range of play. Mm. Um, to restrict yourself in a way so to create in a different way and and that doesn't necessarily have to be um regarding the arts you know because not everybody is an, is creative in the arts you know our creativity is expressed in in different ways mm. so i would say in whatever you are creative how can you put yourself in a place where your freedom is a bit restricted so that you can explore even more your creativity and the ideas that can come from that? I think that really connects with how do you cultivate a lifestyle that prepares you for when you bump up against real liminal spaces in life. So I love the the thought of self-practicing in preparation for when liminal spaces come up. And I think another another way is to, you know, going back to, to rest. And I, I, I think, not only that I think, it's, it's proven that rest and creativity, they go hand in hand, you know. When yeah. your body, when your brain is rested, creativity can thrive. And vice versa, you know, when you are being creative or cultivating that creativity, your mind and your body is going to be rested, you know, like, mm. uh, so how to, how to live the two together. And I love that. That's, I think that's the two main elements that I have been using in my work. You know, I want to create spaces and, and places where people can experience rest and can cultivate creativity you know i was saying before that in liminal spaces there is this sense of community and solidarity that is created because you're all going through the same thing and in some ways i want to recreate that so through my work mm -hmm. i also try to recreate that sense of community bringing people around the table um creating beauty so that people can feel rested and mm -hmm. and able to slow down and you know take in the moment and celebrate you know and, and create community so i think those will be the main the main ways that is powerful i love that liminal space seasons are an opportunity to create community 
And it's this whole thought that in reality, we cannot do life by ourselves. And so instead of wallowing in our own, you know, small world, it's a good thing to, to find ways to say, how can I reach out to people? How can I invite them into my process? despite my challenging and difficult moments. I love that the importance of doing life together with people, which is not easy. But when we succeed in doing that, I feel like that adds a lot more depth to life and it makes life richer and and more meaningful and more joyful because you get to share it with other people. I mean, we're we're not meant to be alone. We were created to for community, you know, and that might look very different depending on the season that you are or the place that you are. But that's like one of the greatest truths that we are not alone. What would be your advice or thought or some wisdom for people who, you know, like I'm in a season that I'm really overwhelmed? What what would you say to those people? I mean, first of all, that it is going to end, you know. There is a light at the end of the of the tunnel. <laughs> um be be brave to open yourself to others. Mm. Um, for me, I have a tendency to keep, you know, whatever is going on and try to process it by myself. And I have learned that when I do that, it just doesn't work, you know, ask for help, you know, a lot of people feel that asking for help is just showing weakness. And I think it is one of the bravest things that you can do, you know, asking for help, because there's a lot of people that are willing to help, you know, and, um, and again, like, this is not forever, you know, and it's okay to be weak for a moment, because then you're gonna, you'll be able to get stronger. Um, so yeah, uh, find your people, (laughs) find your people and, um, and, you know, see, see whatever brings you life. You know, I was having, um, I was actually having an online session yesterday with, um, with a girl and, you know, she was able to, to try back against something that was really meaningful to her and that she, she kind of like put it aside or forgot about it. So try to try to find those little things that really brings you life and do more of that. Well, wow, that's great. I have always thought that before I came in contact with liminality and liminal space, that when a season hits you or a time of uncertainty pops up, news or something big happens, mm-hmm. I will automatically somehow deal with it. But I think what I've been finding out recently is that you cannot produce what you don't have. And I think part of the reason I really did want to sit with you is because I I believe that it's a lifestyle. That when we cultivate rest and slow living and celebration, it doesn't mean that we automatically know how to respond in difficult times. But it helps us to have a a healthy perspective on how we can deal or approach this waiting periods 
we can all find comradeship in the fact that we're all experiencing what one gigantic liminal space. Mm-hmm. But in my life and in yours, whatever season we're in right now that is characterized by change and uncertainty, that it will come to an end. So thank you for your time. Before we wrap up, I have questions that I would like to ask you so we can get to know you a little bit better. All right. What is your favorite city that you visited and why? Oh, that's a hard question. <laughs> why is that? Um, I, I, I love traveling and, well, I, I love Italy in general. Um, I was in Modena for our third year anniversary. And even though it was snowing and we didn't get to see a lot of the things because my tears got sick, I really loved that city and um, the, the architecture, the, the people. I loved, I loved the market and tasting uh, the balsamic vinegar and the cheese. And- yeah. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. So Modena, Italy would be your favorite city. That's, that's great. What normal things do people do that you would vote to become illegal? Uh, <laughs> well, I always say that <laughs> it's probably not a, a very good thing, but I always say that if I will be president of a country, I will vote for making smoking illegal. <laughs> I don't like smoking. Oh, wow. I would vote for you to become president, I think. Because <laughs> I also do not like the smell of, of cigarettes. Um, that's good. I, I saw this question. And I thought, what would I make illegal? And I thought I would make lame hugs and handshakes illegal. They just make me want to crawl in a hole and die. Because sometimes I'm like, why? It seems like we just wasted time, energy, just our humanness with this lame handshake. So I would definitely ban um, (laughs) lame hugs and handshakes. Anyway, that's that's my rant. Ava, I want to say a huge thank you. I I love your work. I love what you stand for. And I'm just really thankful that I have the honor and the privilege to talk with you today. So thank you for your time. Thank you. It's, it's been really amazing to be part of this podcast. Rest, celebration, slowing down. I love Ava's infectious joy. The reminder that liminal space seasons are temporary in nature and the absolute importance of community resonates with me. I hope you can take some time to reflect on a question, a phrase or thought that resonates with you and is applicable in your own life. Be encompassed by love and always remember that even though none of us can control everything that happens to us, we can all control how we respond.